Well, good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be back. I see familiar faces and new faces as well. Um, and it's a joy to be here for my last week and to be able to have the pleasure of speaking from God's Word. Um, it's been a joy to be able to speak from God's Word to you guys and to see how God has used that in your lives, how he's used that to transform you guys and grow you um, both in season and out. So why don't I pray and ask that God would do the same today. Why don't you join with me? Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that these are your words are given to us, that they're living and active and transform lives. God, thank you um, for these people here. I thank you that you love us, that you long for us to know you more, to love you more, to serve you. And so with that in mind, God, we ask that this morning you would use your word to do that. Would you shape us and would you transform us um, to be people who faithfully follow you and point others towards you? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to the final week of our series of learning to pray the Psalms with Jesus. Um, and over the last few weeks, hopefully you guys have seen how um, the words that Jesus would have used and prayed um, in different scenarios and in different seasons of life. And this week we're ending the series by looking at a psalm of praise. And I reckon as I say that there are two camps of people in this room. The first one, there's people that you're doing mental fist pumps in the air because you're not very expressive right now. But you're doing mental fist pumps because you're like, yes, come on. This is like the psalm for me. This is what I want to hear. Thanks, Sally. Thank you for one. Um, this is me. Like, let's praise the Lord. Let's hear about why we should praise the Lord. Well, if that's you, this psalm is for you. But there's also probably another camp of people in here. You heard we were looking at a psalm of praise. You heard the psalm read out, and as the passage was read out, you realised, this might not be my week. This is going to be the week that I tune out that I switch off. These parts of God's word, they're hard to listen to. They're hard for me to read. The parts of God's word that you might tune out on because if you're honest, it's hard to live a life of praise to God. Perhaps circumstances get get in the way. Health takes a downward turn. Relationships crumble. Pressure and busyness take center stage. And if I'm honest, this is the camp I can so often fall into. And if that's you, if you're in this camp of people, well, this psalm is also for you. This psalm is for all of us because it's going to show us just how we might be people that live lives of praise towards God. Psalm 145, it's a psalm written by David. And he's no stranger to praise, but he's also no stranger to suffering and rejection. So he's not speaking from a place of ignorance, but he's speaking from a place of personal experience of God's faithfulness to him despite the circumstance. Psalm 145, it's going to help us be people that can say, um, verse 1 and 2 of the psalm, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I'll praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. That's what it's going to help us to do. 
And to help us see a bit of what Psalm 145 is going to do, I've used the words of modern philosopher Fatboy Slim. He, um, he sung these words once. We've come a long, long way together through the hard times and the good. I have to celebrate you, baby. I have to praise you like I should. Now, I might have missed the mark of your music knowledge in this room. If you don't know who this guy is, he's, yeah, you don't need to know. But I think in this pass, in this verse, Fatboy Slim picks up on something important that Psalm 145 is going to do. And that's for us to be people of praise, that live lives of praise towards God, that no matter whether you followed him for years, or even if you're just starting to explore who he is, for us to be people of praise, we need to see just how we've come a long, long way together with God. A God who is unfathomable, a God who is our king, a God who is ruling over all things, and a God who is ultimately involved in our lives. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to remember who our God is, our King. And we're going to see that he is worthy of praise. Does that sound good? Let's do it. Well, uh, grab your Bibles out because if we're going to be people that live lives of praise towards God, we're going to need to firstly remember that God is the King of greatness and goodness. So look in your Bibles with me at verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. I think we often can come in to things having this mindset if that if such and such is so great, then, you know, they're worthy of an equal amount of praise. But what if something was unsearchable? What if something was unfathomable? You know, it's that you scratch my back, I scratch your back approach. But what if we have a God who unfathomably scratches our back? What do we do then? Because the truth here for you and for me is this. It's that God's greatness and his goodness is unfathomable. I mean, it's pretty easy lip service for me to say that up here. But keep looking at this psalm with me. It's going to help us see that. Verse 4, his greatness is so unfathomable that one generation shares it with the other. Verse 5, they speak of the glorious splendor of his majesty. Verse 6, they tell the power of his awesome works. And in verse 7, they celebrate his abundant goodness and sing of his righteousness. And they don't just do that once, but one generation tells it to another. Do you understand what this means for us? It means we have a God who is unsearchable, unfathomable, who isn't distant, far off, lacking in power, but a God that's mighty, powerful, glorious, wonderful, awesome, and good. And that God, as we've seen, he acts in history He's cared, he's worked for, he's engaged with his people, and he continues to do so now. And he's going to continue to do so into the future. And yet, I wonder for us if we truly believe that. It might be on your worst days that you begin to doubt his goodness and greatness. 
I wonder if maybe the immediacy or the busyness of your present lives causes causes you and me to forget who God is and forget that in the here and now he is present with us and he's at work. Yes, there's going to be those days. There's going to be those days when we doubt, when we forget. But this psalm is reminding us of the importance that we continue to tell each other of the ways that God has been at work. The importance that we keep coming back to hearing of his goodness and greatness day after day. That's why gathering here each Sunday is important. It's why you gathering in your small groups and telling of God's greatness in your lives is so important. It's why time in God's word, just you and him, is what we long to see in each and every one of you here. Because naturally without this, it becomes hard to live a life of praise. It becomes harder and harder to acknowledge and praise God for who he is. It becomes harder to say something like verse 8 that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. But if you scan through verse 4 and 7, you'll also see that praise isn't just singing about God or saying good things about him. These are important things, but in verse 4, we see that the past generation was praising God by telling of his mighty acts. We see David in verse 5 meditating on God's wonderful works. And in verse 6, we see him proclaiming his great deeds. Praise isn't just a one-size-fits-all thing. There's various ways that we can praise God. Because a God of unmeasurable greatness and goodness results in a God who is worthy of unmeasurable praise. Not just four songs on a Sunday but praise that looks like taking the time to sit with God and meditate on his mighty acts day after day. Praise that looks like proclaiming his great deeds to those in your workplaces, in your schools, in your neighbourhoods. Let's live lives of praise towards God by firstly remembering that he is a God of goodness and greatness. but let's also remember that he is God who is the king over all. Now, Lion King, without a doubt, will be an all-time classic movie. Um, And if you've seen it, there's this one scene. I think it's one of the best scenes. It's where Mufasa, who's the king, the big one, the king, he gives his son Simba, the little one, I hope that makes sense, um, a lesson. And he says that everything that the light touches is part of the kingdom. But there's one place that isn't part of the kingdom, and that's the shadowy place where the light does not reach. Lion King's giving us a great lesson here. It's acknowledging that human rule, or lion rule, only covers a certain extent. But if this scene in Lion King was influenced by Psalm 145, I think we would see something different. Have a look at verse 9 with me in your Bibles. Because unlike in the Lion King, you begin to see that rather than than God's kingdom being a kingdom that's limited, the psalm points out that it covers all things and all people. Verse 9 says that the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. 
And this all language, it continues. Verse 10, all your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. We're beginning to see here that God is not just a king over some parts of this world, over some parts of your life, but not others. But he's king over all of this world and all of your life, and he's good to all. It's not just that he's good to some, good to only those who trust in him, good to those who read their Bibles each day, but here we see that he's good to all. There's this abundance of common good that we live in and receive. And yet, as we'll, as we'll see, his people recognize the care that he shows them. And it's this reason that God's faithful people extol or give praise to God. And did you notice that now it's not just David, like in verse 1, where he says, I will exalt you, my God, the king. But it's all God's works. It's all of God's faithful people joining in on this praise. Because unmeasurable praise of God, it doesn't just end at us, the individual, just us on our own, but it flows out of all his people. And we see that from verse 11, where it says, They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. These people, they recognize who God is, that he's king over all, and they start to praise him. And it's why as they praise God, they become a missional community. They're people that tell of the glory of the kingdom, that speak of his might, so that all people might know of his mighty acts. Praise here, it's not just directed vertically, if you will, at God, but praise also goes horizontally, that all people might hear of how unfathomable God is and that they might become people of praise. And yet, at the same time, I I truly believe that this will struggle to happen in your life, in my life, in the lives of other people that you come across if we're not seeing that God is the king overall. If you don't see that God is king over all things and all people, that he's the king of this kingdom that we're in, then when that job or that house provision comes through, you're going to put it down to luck or hard work. When good health makes a return, you'll put it down to good doctors and medicine. When things line up, you'll put it down to being at the right time, at the right place. When all of it, in fact, comes from God the King, And it's because of this that he deserves our praise. He deserves us joining in the proclamation of his might, his rule and his power over all. And yet you might be here thinking, yeah, like, I get it. I get it in my head, but it's not there in my heart. And I want to say that's a struggle I have as well. And if that's you, if you struggle from it for it to get from your head to your heart can i encourage you to speak to god about it to not run from him but to speak to him about it god you know i got this gift from you and yet it can be hard for me to believe that 
to believe it's from you. Be honest with him. Speak to him about it. Let that be the first step of God getting the praise he deserves. So we live lives of praise by remembering that God is a king of greatness and goodness and that God is the king over all things and all people. And finally, we live lives of praise by remembering that God is the king of care and provision. From verse 14 to 20, we're going to see this all language continue. It comes up a lot of times in those verses, but this time we're seeing that the psalm is pointing to the fact that God is the one who cares, that God is the one who provides for all people. And I hope that you're beginning to see here that Psalm 145, it grounds us in a new reality, the reality that we are living in. The reality being that you cannot have life apart from God. That all things are from God. Which means that we're dependent people and it means that God is deserving of our immeasurable praise. Look back at the psalm with me, verse 14. It says, The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. Verse 15. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. Verse 16, you open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. This is a God who is so present with us. And yet, notice this. It doesn't just say that the Lord upholds us in our good days and he leaves in the bad. Or that God satisfies the consumeristic desires of everything. Because this psalm acknowledges the reality that life won't be comfortable all the time. That we won't get what we want all the time. But it acknowledges this reality that God isn't absent, but he's involved in our lives in this broken world. That each thing that God provides to us is a gift of his and it's worthy of praise. And the words here in Psalm 145, they call us. They invite us to be people that bring that praise to God. That we might be people who thank God, not just for the big things in our life, like salvation freely given to us in Jesus, but also of the food that is provided for us each time, that he gives at the right times. I can so easily fall into this trap of thinking, you know, this was meant to happen. Or this came about because of me, myself, and I. But here in this psalm, we see that the reality is that it's none of that. It's all from God. God deserves a recognition of those things. He deserves a recognition no matter how awkward it is to say it out loud in public or how how people might perceive you for continuously thanking God for the little things in life. And if if that wasn't enough for you to be reminded of God's intimate care, we see in verse 17 a God who is righteous and faithful in all his ways and who is near to all who call on him in truth. And in verse 19, the one who hears our cries and saves. And in verse 20, the one who watches over all and will ultimately bring justice on the final day. 
for the original audience of Psalm 145, they would have seen glimpses of how God was at work in their past. Perhaps it was stories of how God rescued them from Egypt, how God provided for them in the wilderness when they had nothing. That's what they would have been thinking of. But for us, we know more than that. We know of a person that embodies Psalm 145. We know of the one that God sent to perform mighty acts, wonderful works. The one who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The one who is near to all those who call on him. And the one who watches over all, watches over all who loved him as he hung on the cross. We know of Jesus Christ. We know of what he's done for us on that cross what his death and resurrection has brought us. New life, forgiveness from sins, unity with him being brought into this family. And we know that one day he's going to return, and as he does, he's going to destroy the wicked, and he's going to bring us into an eternity with him, where, as verse 21 says, every creature will praise his holy name forever and ever. I mean, we read of it earlier from our reading in Revelation 7, when it said, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what we have because of Jesus. So if we want to be people that live lives of praise towards God, we ultimately need to keep fixing our eyes on Jesus. Because he is the one who rules and sits at the right hand of God the Father. He is the king that rules over all and deserves all praise. Psalm 145, it points us to the fact that we have so much to praise God for because of Jesus. When it's easy to live lives of praise towards anything else other than God, look to the cross. When it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day and the busyness of life, look to the cross. Let's be people that keep looking to the cross as that we might be people of praise, remembering what God has ultimately done for us and remembering who God is and how involved he is in our lives. Let me pray for us that that would happen. Father, you are unfathomable, unsearchable and unmeasurable. And God, we thank you so much for what you've done in the past. We thank you for these mighty acts that we so often get to read about and hear about the way in which you've worked through time, through different generations, how you've provided for and cared for all you've saved your people time and time again. And we thank you so much that we know of Jesus, the one who's ultimately brought us the greatest gift, provided us our greatest need. God, help us fix our eyes on him. When circumstances get in the way, help us fix our eyes on him. When struggles come in our way, help us fix our eyes on him. God, we want to be people that praise you for the rest of our lives. Um, So would you help us do that? Empower us by your spirit that we might be people of praise. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.